opportunity, thankfully, to teach a little Bible class at ACA over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dan Arsenault was in St. Kitts with Ava and Esther on the trip. We hope to hear about the trip soon. We're glad you're home. Esther, where are you? Esther, are you in here? Are you here, Esther? She's next door? Okay. She got sick on the trip, so we're thankful she's better and uh, that they're home. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing about it. In his absence, I went over, he asked, and I was gracious, I was thankful that he asked, and I taught Bible class at ACA for the last two Mondays. It was great. Taught 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. Um, I talked through and, 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 and taught through Exodus chapter 32. And if you're not familiar with that, with that chapter, um, Moses is on Mount Sinai. The children of Israel are in the valley. They've been delivered out of Egypt. God is establishing his nation, his people. He's giving Moses the Ten Commandments. He's writing them on the tablets. And God suddenly in 32 says, Go, get down from here. He says, Your people, he doesn't call them his people. He says, Your people, <laughs> Moses, have made these calves. It's angered me. And the Bible says that his anger was enraged and he was going to incinerate them. Wipe them off of the face of the earth. Told Moses, I'm going to make a nation out of you. He was going to kill the people that were his people because of the disobedience that they had in their hearts and that they had ex executed. But he was going to remember his promise in Noah. And Noah spoke to God. Moses, excuse me, I skipped over to Noah. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. You'll have to just give me some grace today, please. Moses spoke to God and changed his mind. And, and the scripture says God did think twice. Didn't do it. And one of the things for, for me personally that struck me and I, I, I got out of that was, wow, I deserve to be incinerated. Oh, what a savior. Isn't he wonderful? And then Wednesday night, one of the comments that I made about that was, we still deserve that wrath. But it was poured out on Christ that by grace and love, we can have the same promise that Moses had. I'll make a great nation out of you. Not, not that God's going to make great nations out of us, but the, the promise is in Christ we can be God's people and blessed and receive the opposite of what we deserve. And one of the things that I told them um, Wednesday night and then I told the, the class too was never take for granted what Christ did for us. That should be a good, healthy, hearty amen in the house. Never take for granted what Christ has done for us. You and I have no birthright to stand before God as His people. Let me say that again. I know that many of you, like me, were born in the South America, South United States of America. You were born into Christian families. You were born into a 
theology and a long heritage of being children and families of Jesus Christ. You've known about Jesus since the time you popped out of your mother's womb, but we have no right by birthright to anything that is God and Christ. Amen? God help us never take that for granted. And unfortunately, I do think this is an unfortunate thing, as we grow in Christ, as we are on this journey of discipleship, and we take one step and weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, and years turn into to, to decades, we get lullabied into the same thought process of the Jews. We have a right to this. No, we don't have a right to this. In our maturity in Christ, sometimes we think we are rightfully God's and we stand proud and boastful, sometimes in a haughty attitude that I am God's, Christ is my Savior. Oh my God, don't take for granted what birthed us into this kingdom and into this body. Scripture says, and it's very clear, there's none righteous, no, not one. We're reading through it in Romans. Don't forget that we don't have a right, a corner market. We don't have any ability to say, I deserve what I have. No, none of us deserve what we have. It's been totally by the grace of God that we're in and have what we have. Amen? Breath that's in your body. I'm just reminding you stuff you already know. To the breath that's in your body, it's not yours. It was given to you by God. To the car you're going to go in, and when you get home, it's not yours. It was given to you by God. You're going to go home. You're going to lay down in a bed tonight. It was not yours. It was given to you by God. Amen. To the job that you have, to the church that we have, to the talents and the gifts and the abilities, these are not ours. These are given to us by God. Never take for granted what got us into the shape we're in. Amen. Sometimes I know, I know that sometimes God looks at me and says, but God, here's Christ, my Lord and my Savior, saying, hey, 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 that's our son. We love him, and we've done for him what we've done for everybody else. Don't take it for granted. Why do I say that today? Because I think when we fully understand our birthright in Christ to being His church and His body, we have a different perspective of others. There's nothing that helps love, helps us to love one another, care for one another, see each other as equals. There's nothing better than when we realize how we got to where we are. Another hearty amen is what I thought I'd hear. All right? So this is all building a foundation for um, d d just this season and where we are as a church. I, you know, I, I always take a little time at the first of the year uh, to teach about who we are, why we are, what we are, where we are, and what we're doing. And uh, I'm going to do that again today. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That is a mantra. That is the vision, the mission of our church wrapped up in one chapter. Um, you know, if you're new here, if you've never been a part of our church, you've never been around, our, our name is Soma Church. Soma is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Soma is the Greek word for body. 
We believe here we are the body of Christ. Again, going back to what I said a few moments ago, we are in this body because of what Christ has done for us, not because of who we are and what we've done to earn it. And so today it's just a reminder. I, I'm going to exhort, I'm going I'm to expositorily preach through these scriptures. And I'll, I'll probably get on a soapbox or two. But for the most part, you can take this scripture and read it and you can preach the sermon. Some of you have been here from the inception of our church and you know this. You've been around, you've heard this. But I'm telling you, vision leaks. Amen. And, 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 and the thing that is so important about this scripture and why we need to remind ourselves of this is because vision leaks. Now, it doesn't leak just as an organization as far as the church is concerned, but it leaks as far as faith in our own heart is concerned. We will revert back to things before Christ if we're not careful. We need to be reminded of these. We need to be especially, and I've talked about it for a few weeks here and there, especially in the climate that we live from the world. All right, so going back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through and preach through chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now, look, what I decided to do today is read it and, and teach from the message version, okay? So you're going to hear the words that I'm reading, and you'll see them on the, on the wall. They're different than, than your New Living trans Translation, your New International Version, your King James Version, your New King James Version. They're different, but I like the way this reads today, so just stay with me, all right? So I want you to get your Bible. I want you to get, get, get your phone, however you read the Bible. I want you to walk through this with me and be reminded today not to not take for granted what God has done for us and how we got into this body. Chapter 12, verse 1. This is Paul. He's writing to the Corinth church. What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but... I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember, no, no problems. No, absolutely no problems. I was going to get into it a little bit. <laughs> Here, here's where, here, verse 2, verse 2 is, is what we just talked about, okay? Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using our heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is Master. Without the insight of the Holy Spirit. Now here's, the, here's that point right there. That's the reminder. That's the never take for granted. Again, we got here because of the insight of God, the, the, the sacrifice of His Son, and the drawing of His Holy Spirit. All right? Now look, I would feel better if you give me something today, okay? I would feel better. Don't take that for granted. Don't take it for granted. You say in this room, Jesus is Master. You did nothing to come to that conclusion, except that God led you to that conclusion, His grace and mercy applied to your life, and you have faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is Master. That work is a work of God and the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, God's various gifts all right, are handed out everywhere. Again, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out, say it, everywhere but they all originate 
in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action where? Everywhere. But God Himself is behind it all. Now don't read ahead. Let's go back and look at that. Now there's where again, I'm just reiterating what I said before, we can't lay, lay claim the corner market on it. Sure, God's gifts are handed out everywhere. God's various ministries are everywhere. God's various expressions and power are everywhere. But God is behind it all. Amen. So that means that they're here with Sean, but they're also there with you. It's not just the faith of Christ in my household. It's the faith of Christ in the Biode household. It's the faith of Christ in the Taylor household. It's the faith of Christ in all of our households being worked out everywhere. God is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits from it. But it's God who's behind it all. He goes on into these gifts of the Spirit and all these are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds, 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 every kind, all kinds of people. <laughs> all kinds of people. Do I need to preach that or do y'all have it? Say it again. Do I need to preach it or do you have it? All right, cool. The variety is wonderful. Now he's speaking right here of these spiritual gifts, but I'd like to just pause right there and say, God, give us a taste for the variety of all kinds. Give us a taste of the variety of all kinds. If God's behind it all, if God's doing it all, if, give us a taste of the variety. Good God. All the variety is wonderful. Now, stepping back away from that simple point right, that, right there and looking back up, everyone is qualified. Okay? So if you have, like we've established already in this conversation, if you have faith that God has led you in to say Jesus is master, you're qualified for the following. You're qualified. Now, a lot of people would sit around and they would say, well... You know, I'm not the pastor, or I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an elder, or, or I don't teach Sunday school. I don't have a, a lot of knowledge. I, I, I don't, you're qualified. There, there, there's not, there, there, although we a lot of times do it in the church, you know, you go from one point to the next point to the next point to serve in the church. God can use you whether you're serving in the church or not. You're, you're qualified. If Jesus is master... You're qualified. And here, here's what you're qualified to be a part of when you're birthed into this body, when you're birthed into... You're qualified to receive from God wise counsel. You're qualified to have clear understanding. You're qualified in simple trust. You're qualified in healing the sick. Oh, really? Are ever, I, I, you, mm, let me slow down a little bit. I'm getting too, <laughs> I'm getting too crazy. Oh, I'll pray for you. Facebook, put them hands together. Praying for, you know what that was originally? That's a high five. <laughs> the emoji that does this, that's a high five, but we turned it into prayer symbols, and that's cool. Hey, Lee Hyatt, it, it, that's a, we, I'm praying for you, but I'm not qualified to heal the sick. <clears throat> so if I'm going to pray, Lord, heal my brother, sister, family, whatever, do you really believe God will do it because you pray? 
You're qualified. Healing the sick. Miraculous acts. There you go again. I'm going to pray for you, but I, I, I don't know if God will do it or not. It's a whole other sermon, but you get my point. Proclamation. Saying, talking about God, giving God, talking about Christ and who He is, distinguishing between the spirits, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Listen, we need these gifts to be working in us. Not for the, for, we don't need it for the benefit of the church. Although it would benefit the church, we need these for the benefit of the world. We need these for the benefit of our families. And our workplaces and where we are. Do we ever need wise counsel these days? Yes. Do we need clear understanding of the truth? Yes. Do we need simple trust? Yes. Do we need healing? Yes. Miracles? Yes. We certainly need proclamation. We need to know between what is the Spirit of the Lord and what is not the Spirit of God. Oh, I, I, let's just carve out tongues and interpretation of tongues. No. We need tongues and interpretation of tongues as well. And these are gifts that God puts in the qualified, all of us, as He wills. This is what it says in verse 11. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. Amen. So we're qualified, we're a part of this body, it's by God's doing, not our own, and then once we're in the body and once we're qualified and all, we're all here. Verse 12, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's, the exact, it's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to be independently call our own shots. We used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which He has the final say in everything. Now, put a little asterisk right there. There's the problem. Because many, and let me just be, I'm going to put it out here like this, and y'all can take it for what it's worth. Many of us say that Christ is Lord, but He's really not. I'm still Lord of my life. Many of us say, Jesus is my Savior. Well, He cleansed you of your sins so you could punch the ticket to heaven, but He's not really your Master. And so you can pause right here in verse 13 and you can think about everything that I said before 13 and everything that I'm going to say after 13 that is written in the Word of God is good and wonderful, but until this 13 gets worked out in your heart, you'll never live in the peace of what was before and what's to come. And it will rear its ugly head every single time you get in a compromising situation. Who's going to call your shots? God. Who's going to call the shots? Who's going to call the shots in your life? Are you going to call the shots? Or by birth into this kingdom, this body of Jesus Christ, are you going to let the one who got you here call the shots? Amen. 
He's got the final say. This is the, the last part of that verse 13. In, uh, this, I'll start, let's go by, start 13 again. Just number 13, start there. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye. There it is. Goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to be independent. We used to, shoot. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaim in the world in action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at, a, at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we used to use, we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew, Greek, Southern Baptist, Church of God, Black, White, Democrat, Republican, uh-oh. Labels that we used to do like drunkard, drug addict, partier, adulterer. Labels like we used, wino. Labels we used to use like Jew or Greek, slave or free are no longer useful. Praise God. No longer useful. We need something larger, more, more comprehensive. My God, let us get that in today. I want, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about all of this. I want you to think, verse 14, about how all this makes you more significant and not less. That's a huge statement right there. These things, listen to me, these things that once identified us and made us significant no longer make us in, in, individualistic or significant. Sure, it's part of the fabric of the kingdom. Sure, it's part of the fabric of being part of the body. But, but, but it doesn't make us more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot should say, I'm not elegant like a hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? Good God. If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. And you know who that is? Everybody as part of the body. Did you hear me? Everybody as part of the body. Each of us are important to God but also in the functioning of this body. Did you hear me? There are no disqualifiers. I don't care how you were raised. I don't really care how you believe. I'm talking about from the standpoint of Christ and His kingdom. Everyone who has faith in Jesus, who were born into this like you and I were born into it, have every right to be at the table that we are at and are very importantly a part of the body and a part of the table where we're sitting. Amen. And we know this. 
goes on to say, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. So here's the thing he's saying. You're significant, Robbie Faulkner. Nobody can play the part. God has given you special gifts and abilities to do it, but don't get so haughty and high-minded that you think nobody else can do what you're doing. You are significant, but don't let it get into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. I love the way that reads. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, it would be a monster. We got a lot of monsters walking around. God's humbling monsters. I don't mean that here. We don't have any monsters here. I'm talking about in the big sea. Man, we're seeing monsters fall left and right. God help me because I could fall tomorrow. There is nobody who is outside of the temptation and sin of self-righteousness and a haughty attitude. Not, Not a one of us. And just when we think we are, just when we think we are the best, God will show us, <laughs> nope, <clears throat> nope. Now, I speak from experience on that front. I, I, like last week, I know there's a wall of sanctification, and y'all are on the sanctified side, and I'm on the unholy side over here. But I, I'm going to say that again. I know that from experience. And some of you got the point. <laughs> I've been humbled quite a few times been a monster far too many times can still be a monster in my own home in my own marriage with my own children from this pulpit thinking that I'm a little more important than I really am for the importance the significance there in the last part of that chapter uh, uh, verse 19 the significance is not of how self-important or how big you think you are, it's only because of what you are part of. Oh man, grab a hold of that. We are in this... What should be lifted is Christ and His kingdom and His body. It's the, the whole, not the part. Verse 20, what we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. Or a colon. Or your greasy, greasy grandma. Sorry, grandma, you are no greasy, greasy grandma. (laughs) That was a complete ADD moment. Please forgive me. You can live without your eye, but you cannot live without your stomach. When it's a part of your own body, you are concerned with it. It makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. 
You give it dignity and honor it just as it is without comparison. I've never had, never in my life, and God, I hope I never have one, a kidney stone. But I've heard, that my, and I've seen some stories recently, when those kidney stones start moving, you will make every other part of your body focus right there on that little stone moving through your body. A part that you don't see that functions kidneys and, and all the tubes and all that are involved in that urinary tract, you, it, you, it functions every single day and you never really think about it. But you get up in the morning, you fix your hair, you put on your makeup and put on your lotion and your rings and your clothes and these presentable parts, you know, everybody. But never think about what's going on right here until that kidney stone and all of a sudden, oh, it's the most important part of your body. And my God, I got to get this fixed. You'll let your hair go to, you know, and you'll let the makeup, you'll go home and put nothing on but just some underwear and lay in the bed. You don't care what you look like. <laughs> this thing has got to stop hurting, and all of a sudden, something that was normal, everyday functioning is, mm, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right side or not. It may be back here. I don't know. You give it dignity and honor, just as it is without comparisons. Now look, kidney, if you would act like this hand, it would be a lot better. It's, it's silly. It's dumb. But we do that all the time, right? If anything, you have more concern for the lower part than the higher. Again, in that example, if you, ch if you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? Again, no, the answer to that is no. No, you wouldn't prefer that until you have to prefer it, right? And then when you have to prefer it, oh, yeah, 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 give me a huh, stomach. Let me get through this. Verse 25, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Oh, my God. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mentioned and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. And here's Soma. You are Christ's body. You are Christ's Soma. Verse 27. You are Christ's Soma. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You are part of the body of Christ. I want to encourage you to be reminded of these truths today. And remember that the best way that, I, that, that it just sets in my soul, remember the best way that it sets into my soul is this way. My dad and I were talking about it yesterday. Dad, if you don't mind, I'll give that little illustration that I gave. Dad is, is 61, about to be 62. God willing, he'll have 80 years plus. But let's just say for round numbers, he's only going to have 82 years. God forbid, I hope he goes to 100. The reality of it is, that's 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. When you think of life as the sum total of I've only got 20 years left, the things that are to be important become important. When you think of your life, I've got the sum total of 10 or 5 left, 
the things that should be important become important. Those of us who are younger, in the 40 range, in the 20 range, give or take 5 or 10 years. It's hard for us to see that this is ever going to end, that this is going to be finished one day. I'm talking about this life. God, please, give us the understanding of, I've only got 5 or 10. Let me make what's important, important. Most of you are so mature Christians, you've already thought through this. You already think through this. But when you understand that from a human perspective, and you see it from a life on earth perspective, that's one thing. But when you correlate the, the 20, the, the rest of the 20, to I'm already a part of the kingdom that I'm going to after the 20's over? You see, you see what I'm saying? So I've only got 20 here on this earth, but my transition, my death is a transition into the kingdom eternal that I'm born into right here, right now. Death is not a finality. Death is a transition for Christians. Now we all know that in our intellect and we know that in our heart because we want to go see those who have gone before us. But we don't live that way when it comes to everyday interacting in the kingdom or the body of Christ that we live. Because I would submit that we're still serving us and ourselves instead of Jesus as the master he is. So dad's got 20 years. God, I hope it's 25, 60. I don't know. I'm not saying anything. Just, it just, let's just say for the example, he's got 20 years to do in the kingdom what he's going to be doing for all eternity. Get about God's business. Being about his business. We were talking about it as it relates to me and Shara being his children and all that's going to happen. You sit there and you talk to your parents. Many of you have already buried your parents, your grandparents, and all the things that are around them, and all the things that are life here on this earth, they pale in comparison to, man, I wish I had them. Some of you in this room, and you, you know this, I'm not trying to be too sappy, I'm trying to connect the dots for us in the kingdom eternal and be in Christ in this body that's eternal now, not just in the life to come. We would rather have them than anything else we have right now. Most of you, if you're really God-fearing, loving God kind of people, you would give everything that's in your possession right now if you could be with that person who has gone before you. Why not give everything for the person who's going to give you the right to be with him for all eternity and with those who've gone before us? But again right here, right now, because you're already in that body, you're already a part of that kingdom, you're already filled with the spirit that's going to take you there, you already know the one who gave his life to, to buy you, birth you into this body, let's live according to that body, by that spirit, and for that kingdom right now, amen? Don't forget it, that's why we're a church, that's why we're together. So we're going to exercise that a little bit. Um, I, I said this last week, and I believe it. Sunday in, in Alabama, in most of this country, maybe all over the world, Sunday is the most segregated, separated part of our lives. Um, it just is. Religiously, 
denominationally, racially, it is. So we got an opportunity next week. Um, we were invited to go uh, to Morningstar Baptist Church. Uh, and we're going to do it next week, next Sunday. We're closing the doors of our church. And we're all going to meet at Morningstar Baptist Church. It's over in the Holt community. Uh, Farrell Fowler is uh, the pastor over there. He came and preached here a few weeks ago. He's invited us to come. I'm going to be preaching there. I'm sorry. I'd rather hear him preach. Um, but we're all going to go. Our praise team's going to be singing there. We're going to put legs, real life legs, to what I just preached. All right? We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I fully believe in what I just read to you. I believe this is kingdom, this is God, this is His church. Period. There is nothing that separates us in Christ from God and from one another except our own self-worship, quite frankly. Right? So what we're going to do is this. Their service starts at 11. Ours starts at 10. Okay? You've got the option. If you want to just report to their service with us at 11, sleep in a little bit, to show up there about five or ten minutes early. Uh, do we have the address, guys, that we can throw up on the screen? If not, we'll get it for you. It's on the app. It's, it's, uh, oh, it is here. Okay, I see it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So the, the address, um, you can find these hanging all over the church. Take a picture of it. The address is Morningstar Baptist, 2518 35th Avenue Northeast. I think that's a Tuscaloosa address. It may be a Holt address, but Tuscaloosa. 2815 35th Avenue Northeast. It's on North Holt. It's in North Holt, just not too far from here. So you've got the option of going there at 11. Just report there. Meet us there. Let me give you a warning. Well, let me say this first. If you want to, we're going to be meeting here. We're going to be meeting here about 10 o'clock, like normal, 10, 10, 15. We're going to caravan over there or carpool over there. So you've got those options, all right? I don't know that there's going to be any child care, okay? I don't know that. We're going to work out those details this week. So prepare for your children to be with you, and then if we have any child care, that'll be an added bonus, all right? Now, don't let your children be the obstacle. The thing that needs to happen is parents modeling what it looks like, what we're going to do, okay? Your kids are not going to make a difference, all right? They're going to bother you more than they bother the church, that's the way that works. They will bother you more than they bother the church, okay? Raise your hand in here if you're going to be bothered by a kid next week. If you raise your hand, I'm going to come. Mm. <laughs> no, kids will not bother us. Bring the children. Don't let that be a barrier. Also, don't let packing that place out be a barrier. That's part of the allure. I'd love nothing more than every seat in this house being filled and people standing along the walls. I love that because it makes me feel like, wow, we're doing something for God. Or it's just a blessing. Let's bless the socks off of the church. Okay? I hope they have to pull every church from uh, every chair from their fellowship area and, and the church next door's fellowship area to seat us in there. So don't let that be a barrier. All right? Um, we're going to have a great time and um, it'll, be, it'll be really good. So, again, just let me repeat. Address on the flyer, show up at 11 if you want to there. If not, come here, we'll, we'll carpool and we'll head that way. And um, also, get you a snack, you're spoiled. <laughs> get you a snack, you're spoiled. We're starting at 11, so your stomach's going to be grumbling about 11.45. <laughs> All right? 
I don't know when we'll be done, and quite frankly, I don't care when we're done. We're going to go and we're going to have church. We're going to see the Lord, okay? We're going to have a good time. So we'll, we'll figure that out, and that'll all be good, and we're going to have a great time in God. So would you stand to your feet with me, please? <clears throat> I want to encourage you with, a, with another bold statement, and this is true. Listen to me. I want to be very clear in what I say. Come March, it'll be uh, Super Tuesday. The primary election will be in our United States. Right? This sanctuary will be a voting location for the whole community. There'll be many diversities of things around us. There's going to be a lot of diversity as it relates to religion, politics, and race for the next 12, 18 months. It's been super partisan, very tribal, and everybody seems to be fighting. Let me tell you, as your pastor, there has been none of that here that has been extended or lasted long. Sure, we've had our disagreements. But let me tell you this as your pastor. I implore you, have your beliefs, have your stand on things. But everybody in this congregation, please put Jesus as our number one allegiance. Put the love of Christ in chapter 13 of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. Put the love of God and the love of Christ as your allegiance. Amen? Right? His kingdom and His will and what He desires as your allegiance first. Alright? I believe, I really believe this. I believe when we stand before the Lord eternally, these years right here, right now, in American history, are going to be put before us. And He is defining who His people are and how they truly love and walk and believe in Him right now. Now, we've got diverse backgrounds. We come from all different shapes and walks of life. We come from all different historical standpoints. We have developed our beliefs and our opinions according to many years of experience. But remember what 1 Corinthians said. We were birthed into this body the same way by the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. And those identities, those labels, those things, Jews, Greek, whatever, 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 they are secondary to the fact that we are Christ's first. Amen. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Walk in it well. Walk in it well. Let's do it next week, and let's do it all year long. Maybe, by the grace of God, it'll become a lifestyle for the people of God. Amen? Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we bless you. Thank you that we are your body. You have birthed us into this kingdom. You, by your Holy Spirit, have drawn us and made us alive in Christ. Help our allegiance be in you and you only. And all these periphery things fall in line after that. Sure, we've got our things and we've got our beliefs and we've got our stances on stuff. All of that is true and good. It's part of being a, this part of this wonderful country. We are so thankful that we have the ability to live where we live and participate in a republic like we have. But Lord, let all that be secondary to our allegiance to you as our Master and our Savior into this body, not this Soma Church body, but to this big C body of Christ that we're a part of. 
I pray, Lord, as we go next week and we bless and we experience you, that we would have an experience and that Morning Star Baptist Church would have an experience that would seal eternally our understanding of what it means to be one body in Christ. Help us to see Christ in everyone, to see Christ in all things, to see you, Jesus, and who you are in every blessing and everything you are around us. We love you and we honor you in Christ's name. Amen.